Okay, welcome again to another edition of the podcast now. This is the first time we've had video. So you get a real view of uh, the high class. See that 321 on air? There's just instructions around here to make sure everybody knows what they're doing. But uh, we got Maddie here running the show, literally running the show. Um, got uh, <laughs> got uh, Hayden Garlock, my son, here. Um, we're going to go over a few things. We need to go over sponsors. Which ones were they again? Um, rain, <laughs> rain energy, rain. If there is an opening for one more sponsor, if you want to call me. <laughs> um, so today's topic is is kind of a, uh, uh, I would say kind of a difficult one to be honest. I mean, Hayden Hayden's done a lot of things in his life. He's a great athlete. He's a super successful salesman out there uh, selling pesticides and. Uh, doing really well but what we're going to talk about today is i think something that that he could help uh, a lot of people with that something that is uh going on a lot more than it used to i went on a mission back in 1990 91 and uh there wasn't a lot of of kids that came home because they got kicked out or or uh i don't know mostly just got kicked out but recently there's a different there's something different in the culture. Hayden actually wasn't one. He got injured on his. We're going to go into his story, but he came home. LDS missions are two years long. He was out. Uh, he was in the MTC for what about a month? Yeah. Hold on. Weeks. Why don't uh, here? Let me welcome Hayden. Hayden, <laughs> welcome to the show. Um, Thanks for the invite. <laughs> I'm glad we got you here. Um, Hayden actually is a very uh, quiet kid. I received a text the other day that uh, he was holding a barracuda. And I was like, that's cool. What do they have, barracudas in Utah Lake now? Because he lives in Orem. But no, he was in Mexico, (laughs) and I had no idea. So I would imagine, even though I'm his dad, uh, I would imagine a lot of this uh, I won't know. Uh, He keeps a lot of things to himself. That's why I'm really excited that he's willing to do this. Um, But anyways, he came home. After a couple months out in the field, had an injury, and I wanted to mostly focus on uh, how to deal with it and and it, the surprises he had, the things that that you know were a little bit painful. Um, how do you keep going on with life in this crazy community of Utah, I guess Davis County especially, having come home early from a mission? So, with that intro, Hayden. Um, tell us about the experience, tell us about the process of the build-up to go on your mission. It wasn't, I remember it not being too easy. So, with with your mission, I'm sure everyone on this podcast knows what you have to do to go on a mission. For me, nothing really went smoothly. You have to turn in your papers, and then a couple weeks later you get your, well, first of all, you have to go to your bishop, you get your call, I mean, you, you get your worthiness interview, you go through all these steps... And then your papers take about a month to fill out, and then you send them in, and usually if everything was perfect, they come back, um, and your call comes back. But for me, um, that really didn't happen. Um, I turned in my papers. I got, like, the first time I like, got my thing sent back, it was because of my hair. Um, I had to cut it a few times. Um, my mom cut it in the backyard. I finally said... I'm done with this effort. My mom <laughs> cut my hair in the backyard because I just it was way too long every time. And then we turn in my papers. I, I I get them back finally after a couple of times. And I was on a certain medicine that made me not be able to go to certain places, so I had to go to my doctor. They had to unprescribe me. Um, and then it turns out that didn't even affect anything. That delayed it a little more. But I eventually got called to the Rancho Cucamonga Mission. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever heard of that. I had never heard of that place before. In my whole I'm life. glad you brought it up because I, I actually forgot the name of it. It's <laughs> a tough one. It sounds more like something you'd eat at Costa Vida. But, um, I got called there and then um, I was super stoked, ready to go out. And then, like, oh, like when you opened that call and you got to the point of where it was, what was your first gut feeling? I, w- I mean, like, my stepbrother got called to London. I mean, Pretty much the same almost day, wasn't it? It's in California. 
Um, it's Southern California. Um, I mean, to me, back then, I was just like, I'm supposed to go where I'm supposed to go, you yeah. know? But obviously, you want, like, Argentina or Europe or Australia, but, I mean, I was ready to go anywhere. I was really excited to go out. Cool. But, um, and then after I got my call, I busted. So I've had, a, I've had like, four shoulder surgeries before my mission. Um, they, my shoulder came out a lot of times during football. Um, and then it came out again at Farmington Pond. I jumped in the water, and I was pulling myself back onto the dock, and it slipped out, and I had to get saved by a boat in, in the water. I couldn't swim back. But And this was right before you left. Right before I left. Like, doctors were telling me not go. Like, they were telling me, you need to wait, like, six, seven months. And I'm like, if I want to get the clock started, you yeah. know, like, all my buddies are going to be gone. And then we basically had to fake. We had to tell the doctor to just sign some stuff to let me go. Like, yeah, they they tell them about how you'd done it so many times that you'd had that surgery so many times that the next one would be the big one. Yeah. So we, I had had th- was it three surgeries before that, and they were doing the same surgery every time. And then this time they're like, we should do this big one. And then, but you wanted to get out. I wanted to just leave. I wanted to get out and get out of Utah and just serve. But it was basically a delay surgery, like yeah. a like a band aid. One day it was gonna come. Yeah, it was it was gonna come out there. So you got your call, got your geared up. Tell us about the first day of the MTC. <laughs> Actually, back up. You had a girlfriend. Yeah. Very serious girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Very cool girl. Still is your girlfriend. Um. How how easy was that to leave? Honestly, it was by far the hardest part. Like anyone who leaves on a mission that leaves a girlfriend, I just get a gut drop feeling. I'm like, you have no idea what's coming. Like you can't explain the feeling of just like they're gone. Like it's kind of hard to explain. Like they are gone. Like it's just hopeless. Like you never know what they're doing. It's like. It, it, you in your head you're picturing oh she's having so much fun I'm stuck in the MTC but the first night of the MTC was honestly it wasn't even really the first night it was like the first ten minutes so so <laughs> so when you said bye to your girlfriend and she drove away that was a pretty sick feeling I worst um, I, 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 I happened to be hiding in the bushes uh, by the side of the house and watched you and who what was our yard guy's name Jose Jose. He didn't speak a ton of English, but he was like, what's the matter? And you were like, I, I'm leaving for two years. Man, I leave my family <laughs> from when I was 15. It's not, so he didn't help. He didn't help. He didn't feel any better. But mm-hmm. So you got to the MTC the first 10 minutes, huh? Well, I got there. I was super stoked. Like, I was actually stoked to leave. Like, not stoked, but I was like, I've, I had heard awesome stories about mission. Like, I heard that you're just going to walk around. The spirit's going to lead you everywhere. It's just, like, crazy awesome the whole time. I got there. You get all this stuff. It's kind of cool. Um, you get your, you take your bags to your room, and then you're immediately in class. And it, I was all fine until right when I sat down, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, it's really starting. It's, it's like, oh my goodness, I'm stuck here for a long time. And the for people who haven't been on a mission, it's like. Two years, it's like uh, it's doable. But when you're there, it's like, oh my gosh, this is ten. It's there's it's endless. Like that I, clock doesn't go very quick. No, it does not go quick. And you're just sitting there, and the MTC does an awesome job about making you feel a little better. You know, like the first lesson, you're not not really talking about stuff. You're just trying to get to know each other and stuff. But right when you sat down, you're looking over the BYU Stadium, and you're just like, oh my goodness, I can't leave here now. It was really, really hard. And when you were there, they were kind of doing an open house for the new wing oh. of the, and you probably just continued to see people that you knew over and because everybody wanted to see it, so they let the public in. Because I know that I got quite a few pictures of people who found you. And yeah. did, Was that harder or easier? That was, literally, it was like we were in the zoo. Like, you'd be eating, <laughs> no, for real. You were eating food in the lunchroom, and there was just a line of people taking pictures of you wherever you went you were playing basketball they had to cut off one court because there's just it's it was literally a tour of the mtc and like you look over and you'd see someone from your cul-de-sac or like you'd see your buddy's dad and you're just like and then they'd they'd call your name and they'd send a picture to your mom and you're just like you couldn't escape home yet yeah 
and they gave us iPads, so you could check your iPod, your iPad email every, whenever you wanted to, you just couldn't reply, which actually helped a ton. Like, I'm super thankful that I had my iPad in there. It made it easier and harder, but you just couldn't really detach because of that tour. Yeah. Like, I, I saw so many people. I, a guy in my group, um, his girlfriend came through, um, and he was one who, I was struggling with my girlfriend, but he was struggling way harder, like. He was writing a note to her every single day. So he was going to write her 700 notes and put them in a jar and send them home so that she could open one every day. And she came through, and he was just a wreck. Like, he didn't come to class the rest of the day, just bawling. He had to go to the therapist there. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, if, if Tiffany walked through, I'd take off my tag and just leave. Like, yeah. throw it in there. I couldn't do it. Like, I don't know how he – he finished his mission and everything, which was awesome. Huh. But did he go to your mission? No, we were with Sacramento. Okay. So Sacramento and Rancho Cucamonga. So that, that first uh, that first day was rough. Did it get yeah. any better? No. Just um, tough, huh? Just really, really, really tough. Like when all through high school, kids would come home from their missions, and you're like, oh my gosh, like you're you're kind of a wuss, you know, like anxiety. You whatever. mean? If they came home early. Yeah, that's just kind of the vibe. Even I was like that. I'm like, you dude, come on. Like, you can be without your mommy for a little bit, you know. Mm -hmm. But you can't really get that feeling until you're there. Like, I can, this is back in person, but it's like, a lot of people are like, it kind of be fun to go to jail for like a minute to like experience it. The The situation of jail wouldn't be bad. It's when they shut the bars and you can't leave what makes you go crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, the living situation wasn't bad in the MTC or anything. It was... You can't leave. Yeah. Like, which drove me nuts. Um, kind of a little claustrophobic almost. Yeah. Time. I mean, it wasn't bad. Our, I, I had awesome roommates. Um, I had a I locked it out with my MTC comp. He went to Davis. Um, oh, that's right. Elder Bates. He was awesome. He he was awesome in the mission and the MTC. He was, he was my buddy. I had to lean on him a lot in the MTC. He was awesome. So you got through the MTC. It was kind of funny because uh, Kathy and I, my wife, were coming home from the McGregor fight from flying, and we started going, wow, this is going to be a close call to when Hayden is coming through the airport. And literally when we got off our plane, you guys had just showed up, mm -hmm. and I was able to find you. And I'm not going to lie. You didn't look that great. <laughs> <laughs> the funny part about that is I had just thrown away the little phone you get to oh, call yeah. right before, and I had just gotten off the phone with Tiff and my mom, and I had just thrown it in the garbage, and you came through, and I was just like doing a fake. There's actually a picture of it, and I'm just like, Your you can just tell. Your eyes don't look yeah, too happy. That was a tough day for me. I was faking like a <laughs> – faking like, I was trying to be positive, but that was uh, – Anyway, um, get out to the field. Uh, how was that first day? Honestly, that the first day, I feel like a lot of missionaries will tell you this. The first day in the field is the worst day of the mission. Like, I had to pace around. I could not sit down. Like, you are just somewhere you've never been, and it's just so much change. Like, I usually like change. Like, I live, I live away for four months out of the year now, and it's like, this change is different. Your whole life is different. You can't, you can't, every single bit of your day has changed. You are, your old life is gone, gone, gone. You can't contact him, anything. And you know that, you served a mission. Your first night, I bet, was pretty darn bad. Mm -hmm. You had a girlfriend, too. But um, the first day's hard. You get there, you, you drop off your stuff, and you get your MTC comp. Really, just a ton of change. I was super, super overwhelmed. Yeah. So, at what point did you start feeling like, okay, this is doable. I'm helping some people. I'm seeing some happiness or seeing some cool stories. Or, um, if I'm if I'm being for real, I really never. A, a lot of missionaries will tell you the first six months you never really get like. After this first six months, they'll all tell you that. It gets better and you can deal with it. They kind of get used to it. I never got past that stage. I was always, always miserable. And I and I genuinely, genuinely mean that. Like, my journal is super sad. Let me, uh, we'll skip to this point because I want to, um, like I said at the first, this didn't happen as much back in the day. And I don't think any of us were any tougher. I don't think we were, uh, had any edge over you guys. 
What do you think makes it so hard for missionaries in this society right now? I mean, obviously you didn't know the 90s, but what do you think it is? Is, is it they're always connected to, and then all of a sudden they're not at all? Or you don't, you never really knew life without being connected to everybody. Yeah, and our mission, we didn't get any type of electronics. So, our whole age group, we, we, we grew up in the technology boom. Like, we have, I have always been, I have always been able to talk to my friends whenever I wanted to. I've always been able to talk to my parents from a really young age. And we grew up seeing everything that everyone else is doing. Um, and we've really never had to, like, just separate immediately, cut a cold turkey. Like, when I got to the MTC, I was kept grabbing for my phone, like trying to, and then I'm just like, when it's gone, you're just like, oh my gosh, like you're like, the phone. I mean, the commun- communication wasn't the real hard thing for me. It was just the instant loneliness. Like you just had to remake your whole new family. So, like, what would your guess be, as compared to? I think it'd be for. I feel like our generation is really, really sucked into being connected with everyone. And always, uh, yeah, you you know where your friends are all the time. When yeah. I grew up, Christmas break, I didn't see them once. I didn't see them on the weekends. I didn't see them for three months on the summer, a lot of them. But you guys don't go a minute without knowing where everybody is, mm-hmm. what their status is, what mm-hmm. their whatever. Um, you missed that window for the Monday calls too, right? Yeah. Like now they can call like every single week. Yeah, oh, for sure. When Yeah, Hayden couldn't talk on the phone other than uh, Mother's Day, and that came a little later, which is kind of funny. We'll get to that point uh, because I-, I wanted to get a hold of him at one point, but that didn't work. So what would you – What would you? so say a missionary came up to you right now and said, Hayden, I'm going on a mission. I leave in three months. And what would you, what would you say to him to avoid some of the tough times you had? Everyone told me – I'd honestly be way more blunt – Everyone told me it was going to just be super awesome the whole time. You're going to see so many awesome things. And I'd just be like, dude, it's, like, hard. Like, I do not recommend going out with a girlfriend, first of all. That was so hard. Like, I missed you guys, but it was, like, ten times miss my girlfriend. Pretty rude. It's just for real. Like, I'm sure you were the same way. Like, I can go to California. I I miss you guys, but, like, when I have TIFF, it's fine, you know. But um, I'd, I'd honestly say, dude, you probably need to, you need to be over your girlfriend before you even leave. And if, if you come back and if it works out, it works out. And that's hard to say to someone. I'd honestly say get rid of your phone for a long time. Um, and I'd say if you even have any doubts about going out, it's going to be hard for you. Like, you have to be in it. If you're the type of kid who misses church a lot and, like, when you're saying doubts, difficult. doubts about the church. Yeah, any any doubts about the church or any doubts about you having a good time on your mission, it's going to be a big slap you in the face. You know what? I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I don't want to talk too much about my mission, but I remember hearing all those stories. And then when I when the difficult times, which were a ton, you kind of almost felt like, am I doing this wrong? Mm-hmm. Am I... How come, where's all the call to serve videos and where we're all walking around <laughs> waving at everyone so happy, you know? Exactly. And, uh, yeah, that's – I remember the the feedback at my farewell that was the most accurate in these two guys, John Plazier and Jeff Williams from my ward in Bountiful. They came up and said, just want to tell you, you have no idea what you're getting into. And I'm like, is that bad or good? And they're like, you just have no idea. And, you know, I loved my mission. I was a totally different world. Um, which I think was easier because I, there was nothing, I was in the jungle, gonzo, nothing the same. You were seeing, you're in California, the heart of the United States. You're seeing girls that are, no, you never saw girls, (laughs) never mind, sorry. Uh, But you're you're seeing like the beach and you're seeing the, actually you didn't see the beach either. I was in Mexico basically. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. We did go visit you. That was... Okay, so you get – so uh, that's the advice. That's good advice. I think that's true. I think that uh, a lot of these – I think that is why they switched over to letting people call more often. Not because, be Yeah. Would that have made a big difference? Yeah. I just – if I was prepared with people saying, dude, it's going to be hard. You got to get through it. It was just like – I thought I'd have the spiritual high the whole time. I'm sure every missionary goes out the same way. Like, yeah. Your older brother comes home and they tell you all the crazy like things where like they're held at gunpoint and like something crazy happened and like 
you get there and I'm walking down the street and people are blowing vape in my face. And I'm like, this isn't that cool. Like, throwing soda cans at you, calling you a loser. It's, I'm like, mm, it's not that fun out here. <laughs> um, okay, so let's get to the point where, um, where you got hurt. What was going on there? So me and my comp, we didn't really get along. I still love him. He's, he's awesome. We just are not alike at all. So the only time where we could, I felt okay was when I was working out, like, or working. Like, I hated being in the home during the day. Like, I was the type of, like, I felt good when I was just doing something for someone, whether it was just, like, labor or whatever. And at nighttime, we'd lift. So I was lifting, and I pick up a, I was doing shrugs with my shoulder, and I pick up a 50, and my, all my surgery just comes in, and my whole shoulder comes out, and then pops back in. So everything tore, um, couldn't really move it. Did it, you think shrugs, I mean, obviously lifting weight over your head and doing whatever, but did you kind of feel like shrugs, you could hold it together? Oh, yeah. I, I, felt, I felt like I had a good grasp of what I could do. Mm-hmm. But shoulders are weird. Like, I lit- it literally came out last time from pulling myself out of a pond. Yeah, no. And I had been lifting the whole mission, and... Just a weird angle or something. It slipped out, went back in, screamed. I'm super glad it went back in because you've been with me when it doesn't go back in. Mm-hmm. It's really, really, really painful. Yeah. But undid all everything. Um, yeah, just undid all the screws, all the tendons snapped. When it happened, did you know that was a deal changer? Yeah. You were going to have to get it fixed? I thought I did, yeah. I was, I knew it it was going to come out again and again. And when your shoulder comes out and you don't get it done, well, if you undo your surgery, it just slips out so much easier and easier and easier. And it is so painful. Like doing time. what? Anything. Like like at my football game, the first time it came out, when I, I did a tackle, it went out and back in, and then I was like, our trainer took me off the field. I'm like, I can go back in. Like, let me play. And then it was on a breakaway. I was running this kid down. And I hit. I all I did was hit the ball out of his hands. Shoulder totally came out. Like it just anything you do. What kind of things would you do? Could you not do after that point on the mission? Like it, it's too sore. Your your arm was just kind of hanging. Oh out. yeah, it's it's too sore for about a couple of weeks. It's just really really painful to do a lot of stuff. So at what point? Was it that you sent the letter to us that you were, you needed to come home and get it done? That PA. It was the same day? No, it was like five days. I went so, a week, actually. So you went about a week, yeah. and you decided, that I got to get this fixed. Yeah. <clears throat> At that time, were you thinking, I'm going to go home, get it fixed, and buzz back here? Mm-hmm. No. You, you knew if you left, you'd be done. Yeah. You, uh, were, you were kind of in that window of missionaries where if you don't make it, like, had you been out there a year and a half or something, mm-hmm. it'd been easier to... Yeah, I would have had to go home six months. And the clock wasn't oh, going? Oh, no, that was too much. Okay, so I want to go into the story a little bit because it's kind of interesting. Um, so you send a letter home. Tell Just tell that story. How did that go? Because... So by that point in my mission, I was super, super depressed, like literally hoping something bad would happen to me like hoping i'd crash my bike and fall and get knocked out or something like it was bad like a lot of missionaries get like that we're like if i could stick my leg out in this bus would just hit my leg i could go home you know for real but i was in a super super bad place and honestly i i felt like it was god saying okay you did what you needed to you're not supposed to be here you know a lot of people disagree with that i don't really so you felt at peace. Oh my gosh. I was like, this has happened to me before. I, I literally gave it my all out there. Like I was the one, I was a hard working missionary. Like the only way I felt at peace at all is when I was just busting, you know, busting mm-hmm. around, doing whatever I could for people. And I was a kid in the mission when I was there, I was like really respected. So I'm like, if this happens to me out here, it's what's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. And I was doing everything I needed to. I gave up so much to be out there. Nothing went right from the get-go, from turning in my papers to the surgery right before. Nothing went right. Um, 
So for me, it was just like, dude, I gave it my all. This happened. I'm moving on. Like, so you did you call the president? What happened there? Yeah. So I called the president. I'm like, my shoulder came out. Um, as you, because I put it in my papers. He knew I had shoulder problems. And he's like, okay, well, let's get you to a doctor. And I'm like, what's he gonna do? It's let's get an MRI. I already know what happens. Like. Um, that's when I sent the email home, like, hey, everyone, my shoulder came out. I probably am not going to have a lot of emails today. I'm just kind of figuring out what's going on down here. Um, and then I, then from then on, it was just basically you and me communicating from that point till me coming home and all the fiasco I'm sure you're going to talk about. Well, that's what... I I felt like that created a little bit of bitterness to you because um, you were legitimately hurt. I mean, I'm going to fast forward a little bit, but when uh, following your surgery, your surgeon had said, you know, the tip of your arm had already started to, what, deteriorate or something, mm -hmm. and you're lucky you did this surgery before. And I remember one of the first things you said was, like, I told you guys, like, you felt like you needed to prove something because did you feel like you weren't believed? Yeah. You felt like people were saying, oh, he's faking Oh, my goodness. Like, even having a girlfriend, too. People were like, what did you do with your girlfriend? You know? Oh, like you shouldn't have been there. Yeah, and it was super hard on Tiff. Like, it was probably as hard as her as it was on me because everyone was questioning her, and it's, like, just super unfair. Like, I legitimately had no choice. Like I needed to get this done, and mm -hmm. it's not like I, it's not like I needed to go home because of anxiety or anything. It's I got hurt. Like, I came home and people even, I I'm not gonna do names or anything. Just a lot of close people around me were just, really really did not understand what was going on. And mm -hmm. They weren't really sensitive to the situation. So I got on the phone with the <clears throat> mission doctor. I couldn't believe how many missions he was over. He had so many missionaries, and I remember he was like a. What kind of, was almost, I swear he was an OBGYN doctor, <laughs> like he was. He, the, I mean, he was an MD, knew what he was doing. But I was really surprised that we were talking about a shoulder, and he uh, had a lot more experience with. Not shoulders, and so um, I thought the deal was done. I thought you were coming home, and then. Um, yeah, then I tried to call up the mission and, and I wanted to fly out there and fly home with you because I knew you were going through a rough time and I didn't want you to have to do that flight home alone and, and, you know, whatever. And man, everything fell apart really quick. It felt like to me, they were trying to keep me out of it because I felt like my son was hurt and it felt like they thought you were wanting a reason to come home because they were saying let's give it a week and i'm saying that what it's not going to heal in a week he's done this four times already he knows what his shoulder feels like when it's gone and he knew that if he did this again that he'd need to get this big surgery and i uh i i don't know what happened but uh i did get hung up on all i wanted to do was uh fly out there and so it was it was a little rough i never knew that i would have to get hung up on by a mission president but i got my uh now he was a great guy and uh but he didn't like me um but i got my stake president involved and uh anyway got you home <laughs> i was uh but i knew that that week now now actually i don't know but i'm gonna guess this it felt to me like that one week where everybody put everything on hold and they were wanting you to pray about it and they were wanting you to uh, did some damage to you as far as um, I remember you just keep saying I'm not having doubts about my mission even though you were you were saying this is about the my shoulder I can't open the fridge no. I can't carry my scriptures I can't do anything and when everybody was kind of telling you to wait it out and let's let's see if you grow go through it did you take that as they were more not trusting you yeah 100%. Because I, I watched that week go by, and you, you know, were uh, pretty... Agitated. I, you were agitated, and it, and it felt like you just got really uh, withdrawn and, and uh, you know, sad. So, anyway, they finally got you on a plane, flew you home. 
Um, we were all there. Why don't you tell us how that airplane ride was and how you got home? How, how was that? No, I, I was pretty happy. I was going home, yeah. but super stressed at the same time. It was, it was because back then I was just like, and in, in your mind you're kind of like, I'm that kid now. You oh, know? Mm-hmm. like I'm that kid who came home early, and just my whole experience of from getting her to coming home, it would just made my like I knew coming home was going to be a little hard. Yeah, like just because people weren't very supportive. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were super supportive, which helped more than anything. But getting off that plane, super, super, super stoked to be home. R- really relieved. I don't. I don't really know if I can put into words how sad I was in my mission. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people will listen to this that went on missions and came home, and they understand like when you go on. It's it's the people who are mean to you who never went on the mission. Mm-hmm. The only people I got backlash from were people who had never served or anything. And everyone who had served are like, okay, I get it. Like, mm-hmm. I totally understand. Everyone who's been on the mission was like, it was awesome. Never do it again. Ever, ever. Ever <laughs> do it again. That's what they all say. And I'm like, I mean, I look back on it. I'm like, I loved how it, like, I miss hard things. But mm-hmm. in the moment, it was just super, super sad. Just yeah. super lonely. Yeah. Not really anxiety, just really, really hopeless. Yeah. So, um, you get home. You and I actually went straight up on the mountain because uh, I was in the middle of a hunt. So you spent like the first couple days up there. But then you got home. Um, were a lot of people asking, how, how did they respond? Were a lot of people asking, are you going back when, it's, when you get your surgery? Are you, um, yeah. Everyone's like, the first thing they'd ask is, when are you going back? And anyone who's listening to this, do not ask that question. That is the hardest thing to answer when you don't want to go back. It's like you'll delay it for a couple months, and then it just slowly gets awkward, and then it's just like just let him be where like he is. You know, they're just like, when are you coming back? Um, When's your surgery? When are you going to heal up in time to go back? And it's like it's like a sales tactic. Like you don't give him an option. Like just today or tomorrow work best for you. And it's like right kind of really really rude like that something like it just made it really hard to be at home so did you you did start off by telling people like when yeah. i'm when my surgery's over yeah i'm like we're gonna get this done and then when i'm healed up i'm gonna turn my papers again and we'll see where we go from there and i never really told anyone i was going back i was just kind of gave a gray answer yeah but i knew i wasn't gonna go back it was pretty rough so we got you into surgery you ended up going to a surgeon that was one of the only ones that knew how to do this certain surgery, and it was basically a surgery that cut out a bone and made it so your shoulder can never pop out again. Um, but to talk about that when you came out and he gave you that message of how bad things were. It was super, super awesome. Like, having family there and everything, it's like you just want all the... Um, what's the word? You want all the um, closure you can get. Yeah. Um, and when he said it was just really worse than we thought, I'm like, F you guys. Like, mm-hmm. I literally was like, F you guys. Like, I came home. Couldn't really, like, I don't know if you're going to go to this, but, like, life was hard when I came home. Anyone who is listening who's been home from a mission early... I mean, Tiff was like, let's go to station. Let's go get you some clothes. And I'm like, you think I can go to station park? I'm not showing my face anywhere. Like, hmm. that'll be one person I know will see me, and they'll take a Snapchat of me and send it to all their friends, look who's home, you know? And, like, that was the hardest part for me. I couldn't even go in, like, public, it felt like. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I hurt myself. Like, right. it's not like I came home, which I do. Like, if you come home because you have anxiety or anything, it's... I 100% understand. I will never, ever judge you ever for any of that because I went through it. I don't even know if I could have made it my whole mission. I probably couldn't have, even if I didn't hurt my shoulder. It was super hard. But just going out in public was super hard for me because I just didn't want to see anyone I knew. I was so embarrassed, so, so, so embarrassed because you hype up. Where do you think you're going to go? Your whole senior year is you putting in your papers, you seeing all your buddies' calls, and then... All the money you spent on the bike and the 
suitcase and all your suits, and then you're out there for two months, and then you come home, and then you don't want to show your face ever again. That brings up a question. Um, I bought you a really nice bike. Where did that end up? <laughs> I left it. You did leave that puppy there, didn't you? Yeah, no. Right on the deck. It's probably still on that still deck. Still stuck there. Um, so the community was tough. Was it mostly your brain, or were they really tough? Were you anticipating them being judgmental or did you actually see it and feel it i was really caught off guard actually so it was my brain but it was really rough like i don't think i've talked to anyone in my ward since i've been home like actually a couple of people have reached out but when i got home i just felt like i couldn't even walk outside i felt like people would text me saying you you need to go help this person because they're struggling with you being home and i'm like that's so backwards. Like, I need to go help them. I'm literally more depressed than I've ever been in my whole life. And I need to go help someone because they're sad I'm home. I remember you hearing uh, from some people that a lot of girls would never marry a not-return missionary. Oh, yeah, all the time. Um, yeah. That was rough. So, so you went from this high of being this... Clean-cut missionary, got all your fancy clothes, your, uh, have your big party of a farewell to... Did you say you haven't been back to that ward? No, not once. You've never been back? Mm-mm. Never had a homecoming, anything in that ward. Never really contacted anyone either. Do you have, like, a meeting with the stake president or something when you get home? Like a Yeah, like a... Set, release kind yeah. of? like five minutes yeah um you know that actually caught me off guard and it frustrated me a little bit because i thought yeah he didn't do the full two years but he did do a lot i we have there's there's kids that get up your same age that talk about three days of trek they've gone three days they have these you know, wonderful experiences or whatever, but they're gone three days. And you're gone a few months representing your church. And that's one, you know, I'm not going to bag on the church because I I think this is a protocol, not some uh, doctrine or anything, but I think they should have homecomings. I think that you worked hard, Mm. you did a lot of cool things, and you should have been able to, do you think, would you have wanted to? I probably wouldn't have done it. Just because I don't think I could have. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't in the right headspace. I wouldn't want to even show my face in front of my ward. Just because getting on that pulp, I just would feel super, super in the wrong place, kind of. This is such a good example of you never know what the battles uh, people are facing. Maddie doesn't have a microphone, but did you ha- I had no idea any of this was going on. Mm-mm. Like, he seemed like he was settling in great, didn't he? <laughs> And because at our house, there was a, I mean, there was just always a, we were excited to see you. You know, there's never a pressure to uh, go back. You can Um, tell he was changed, though. He was a little bit. He felt, he did feel, he felt a little damaged. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, uh, as far as missions overall go, um, so you said that you would you would uh, the advice that you'd give mission missionaries that were going out. What do you think about a mission? Because they have to evolve, I think, with with the way the community's going. You, your mom and I got divorced when you were how old? Twelve. Twelve. Pretty young. Yeah. But I had to get you all you guys phones quick because mm-hmm. if I didn't have you, I needed. So you guys all had iPhones when you're in elementary school. And uh, you were, I mean, you were hooked to, and that was my fault, you know. And then yeah. so you go 10 years hooked to an iPhone. Um, but what do you think about a mission could, I'll tell you while you're thinking, I honestly think they ought to let buddies put in their papers together. And like say you get six missionaries, put in your papers together, all go to the same mission. And, the, and, and it would be awesome because 
everybody would think you're going to just mess around. But I don't think that would happen. I mean, writing letters home, you want to say we're working hard, we're doing, you know. I think it would be a really cool way to do things. I, I mean, I was on a mission, and the in the the guys I respected the most, I wanted to work hardest with because I wanted to, you know, to not let them down. But can you think of any that that you would? Th- well, obviously, the new change was a good one. The calling home. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I, I, think, I think that's hurt some, too. I think every change that they make will have negative consequences and positive consequences because calling home wouldn't have been helpful for me. Um, I think it would make me... Yeah. P-Day was my hardest day because... Because you kind of had contact. I'd, I'd be basically home for an hour, and then I'd go back, and I'd have another week. Um, I don't really know what they could change because the whole experience is super hard. What about, t- what about shorter? 18 months would be awesome or even a year like or you even could, six months like you could <laughs> maybe a week for real <laughs> week. I think you should be able to pick how long you go that's a good idea mm-hmm. like 6, 12, 18, 24 yeah. 36 whatever you want to do yeah. I don't care but um, some people have different degrees they want to get home earlier they have people at home they want to get married to I think two years is pretty long yeah and well and the, and the truth is is there's something going on because that number seems to just continue to climb. Mm-hmm. How many are coming home? And so whether or not it's the ideal thing maybe for the church, I, I think that tweaking something to keep them out, to be able to make things less overwhelming, you're a completely different generation. When we grew up, you know, you come home and the lights, street lights turn on and your mom couldn't get a hold of you ever, mm-hmm. you know? And so... Uh, we were gone and and never did, you know. Parents couldn't get a hold of us, you know. Uh, so I think we had a lot more prep for it than yeah, you guys did. Sure. Um, so I want to hear this. Like, are there still things nowadays that trigger, like, does it bug you when somebody says, I'm a mission or... Like, are there things that kind of bring up that that you hear that bring up the bad feelings? Mm-hmm. Like, like, does it still bug you? Um, like hearing about other people's missions all the time and stuff. Yeah, it it doesn't bug me. It's just like I didn't get any of that. I don't get how they did. Like for me, it's just I don't get how you had any ounce of peace on mine. It's just. But you had a group of buddies. There's probably eight or nine of you guys, mm-hmm. and. A lot of them seem to have loved it, loved it, yeah. loved it, right? Yeah, I had a couple of buddies who just absolutely loved it. I'm mean, like, they had all these awesome experiences, and I'm super stoked from because I wouldn't wish what I felt on anyone, not yeah. my worst enemy or anything. But um, it's just kind of hard hearing on my mission, on my mission, on my mission. Yeah. And, and you tell you're going to hear that every single yeah. day with your buddies because yeah. it was just such a powerful two years from. And for people like me, like, I personally think missions aren't for everyone. Like, like I don't feel like I was supposed to go on a mission. Like, 100%, everything leading up to my mission was, I, f- I feel like God saying, don't go. You're not supposed to go. Don't go. Don't go. Don't go. Nothing went right. And a lot of people will say, like, in the church, oh, that's Satan telling you, you need to, he doesn't want you out there. And that's what I felt. But now looking back on it, it's like, I was supposed to freaking stay. Like, I, I feel like I had more stuff to do here. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like when I left, a lot of chaos kind of happened here, like with the family a little bit. Things kind of went haywire. Mm-hmm. But think, that's pretty par for the course in this family. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> kind of the usual here. Because I'm kind of like the mediator a little. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like in the middle of mom and dad. And, mm-hmm. But I feel like... You're right. It was kind of like a slow train wreck that just yeah. started when you got your papers and... It's nothing. Not one thing went right. Uh-huh. And looking back on it, I wish I just said, F it. I'm not going. If I'm supposed to go, this would at least go a little bit smoother. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember, like, crying because I was getting my call, like, months after my buddies. I'm like, what, what am I doing wrong? Like, what is going wrong? Am I not worthy? And... Am I not supposed to go, or what is Satan? And I'm supposed to be his best missionary because my stuff's coming late. And I was, my brain was just whack. Yeah. And I, when I came home early, I mean, my life was horrible for a year. Like, just, I mean, you saw me, and I never really came out. I was playing Fortnite for like six. I got super good at Fortnite. 
Got good um, eating sunflower seeds, yeah, too. Yeah, eating sunflower seeds for night. Got a little chubby. <laughs> um, kind of became a little bit of a loser. But the thing that got me out of it is I just started doing stuff. Like, I'm like, all my buddies are gone. I have one buddy home. Um, We didn't really hang out. It was just me and him. So I was like, but the thing that helped me the most was I got some friends who weren't home. I mean, who never went on missions that weren't that type. And they just brought me in like, like, we don't, like, we never cared. Mm -hmm. None of us were even planning on going, you know. I met these, like, Drew and all them, you know. They helped me more than anything because I didn't really have anyone. And they just took me in, and those were, like, the people outside. I mean, they're all Mormon, but they just were never going to go on missions. And having that group was just awesome. That's what I was going to ask next is, what did people do that was right? Like, I, I'm going to not lie. It's kind of like when somebody has a, a death in the family or something, you're not... 100% sure what to say to him like I know how you feel or uh, I mean what do you say I'm so sorry uh, mm-hmm. you know it's such a so sometimes it is easy to avoid that person but that doesn't help you no, when somebody don't. so what 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 did people do that was right it's it's honestly like when you look at this question from my point of view it's like what other thing could you do than just be nice mm-hmm. just be a normal human like just be a decent human to them. You, you never know what people go through. Like, I came home and you guys were stoked. Like, you're like, oh my gosh, we get these two years with Hayden. And a lot of people come home and their parents are pissed. Like, they're pissed. And I'm like, oh my gosh. How could you ever... You have... You don't know one one hundredth of what this kid is going through. And you're going to be mad at him for relieving some pain that he's... Like, he literally, when you go out, you're like... When you're about to leave, you're like, nothing can make me go home, nothing. And then when you get to that point, you're like, I am really embarrassed, and I'm super, super... To get you to that point where you want to go home, you have to be in a really bad spot. Like, super, super lonely, sad. So basically, people can't make it... They can't blow it if they're just being thoughtful. No, just treat treat them like normal humans. Like, don't, don't... Patronize, patronize, patronize them. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like when I came home, we were just on to the next thing. You yeah. know, that's behind us. We're done. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. I I came home. Um, the first year was rough, but I started a little bath bomb business mm-hmm. just to get my mind off things. It was awesome. And then the thing, I think I was supposed to go home because I was supposed to do, like, get going with my career. Like, I found something I'm super good at, super not worried about money. Um, I found, like, a talent that I'm probably going to be good, well off for a long time because I got home and I got going. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like if you if you had just came home for your mission, I feel like you need to get into something, go do something, because I just stayed home, played Fortnite and that. I was super, super sad. Like, me and Tiff even broke up for a minute because I just wasn't doing anything. I didn't want to go anywhere. And then we got back together. I went out, did sales, and then my life's just totally different. Like, I was supposed... I was never supposed to leave. It was... It wasn't the worst... I love what I learned out there. I love going through hard things because if you don't do anything hard, you're going to be a loser. Mm -hmm. But... That was probably the worst decision for me. I think mission is awesome for a lot of people. Their situation's awesome. Um, for me, my situation could not have been worse. I left a ton behind. Everything was so hard to go. I mean, it's hard for everyone, but I wish people knew how many things went wrong and how hard it was for me to get out there. I like literally battled to mm-hmm. go on a mission, and everyone. When I talked to a lot of people, they're like, dude, we thought you were just like we. No one expected you to go. Like. I wasn't super active or anything. I was literally battling to go, like, mm-hmm. on a mission. But I, I really don't think I was supposed to go. That takes guts to say because you know that there – you know the percentage of people listening to this are saying that's impossible mm-hmm. um, because every every young man, the prophet, I don't know, seems like it was President Kimball said. And so they're going to – they would – Second guess that, right? Yeah. And for a lot of people, their mission, and I'm super jealous of them actually, 
Like, I envy that they went on their mission, they battled for two years, and it changed their life. Like, mm-hmm. I met a ton of people who are kind of screwballs before they left, and they came back, and they were just straight as, ar- as an arrow. I'm like, that is awesome. Like, mm-hmm. that's what a mission is for. And I encourage anyone who's wanting, like, go. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not telling you to stay or anything. It's just, if you're like me, and I'm relating to you a lot, I mean, you. I'm not talking anyone out of going. Mm-hmm. I just... I don't feel like it's for everyone. Yours didn't line up at all. Mine, nothing really went right. Um, but I'm, I'm super, super jealous. My, like Eli loved his mission. He did loved yeah. it. Um, he went to Indiana, loved it. Served the whole. It was hard for him, but he always talks about. It. He has a bunch of buddies, and I'm like super jealous. I wish I could have had that. But for me, the best decision I made my whole entire life was to come home and stay home and move on. Wow. Just move on. Put it behind you. It's interesting because uh, what the skills a lot of missionaries learn is to be able to talk to the public and to be able to, you know, not just present yourself in a confident way. And the funny thing is when you say you found your skill, that is your skill. Yeah. You, I mean, you, you have made a lot of money with that mouth. And, you know, a lot of times I think that people would say, um, well, you're, you're, you know, you learned that on a mission. Because I did. I learned a lot of how to get up in front of people and how to go up to strangers. But you had that in you already. And because you were definitely, definitely stand out. Let me, um, I got a couple more things I want to ask. Um, what advice would you give to a parent whose boy... Uh, just got home early. I'd say do it exactly how you guys did it. Just be stoked. You get two more years with your kid. Like, be happy that he's home. Don't be... If if I came home and you're all sad for me, I'd be like, oh my gosh, this is going to be hell. Like, you're sad that you get to be with me for two more years. As a kid coming home, it's like you, you'd want to... You'd want your, to be accepted back in. Like... A lot of places I wasn't accepted. I'm like, oh my, like, I felt so lonely even here. But um, just be stoked for him. Like, get out, go do things with him. Get him back in the public. Tell, don't hide it. I, I see so many kids come home and they're in their dark room for like a couple months. Their parents are literally hiding them for, because they're embarrassed. I'm like, you are horrible. That is so backwards. You need to, you, you guys posted the day I was home, like, Super happy this kid's home, dislocated his shoulder, we're going to get it all fixed up, go from there. And I see all these parents hiding their kids. I'm like, how unthoughtful is that? Do you know how that makes your kid feel when he's literally in his most miserable place he's ever been in his whole life? And you're going to hide him because you're embarrassed for him? Your boy does, your boy or girl does something that they've been talking about since they were singing, uh, what's the song? I hope they call me on a mission yeah. when you're a little kid. You finally get out there, you you do it, and you come home early. You're beating yourself up enough, and you're right. Then your parents want to keep you hidden uh, so that people don't look down on you, on them either. I mm-hmm. mean, it seems like it becomes a lot more about them. Um, I, I can't think of anything more damaging to a kid. I know people who have never recovered yeah. Who are never, ever been the same because they came home and it, that happened to them. Like, they are not the same kid. It's so, so damaging. If you're, if you're listening, just freaking get them out. Be super stoked. Tell everyone. Don't hide it. Like, be, be happy with what you did. Like, if you give your all out there and you come home and you feel like, like, I prayed about it. Like, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm supposed to, like, literally, what more could I have done? Like, mm-hmm. you could call my MTC president right now and he'd say... I was a stud. Like, well, he'd hang up on me. Yeah, but. he'd hang up on you. I could call him, and he'd be like, <laughs> "Yeah, I don't think you guys go along that well." <laughs> um, I uh, now tell me this. Um, you know, Hayden, watching you go through that, we saw the roller coaster, and it was so hard to watch. Uh, you, you were on a kind of a high getting out there. It was fun going to buy your clothes and buying all your stuff and getting you ready. And you did such a killer job at your farewell. And 
and you went out there, you sent pictures home of things that, you know, you, you met that. Bert. What's no. but you met that no, mellow? No. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much converted him. Yeah, you, <laughs> if he ever becomes LDS, that uh, ball kid is from my downline. <laughs> Damn, he's because uh, of you. But and then when you came home, uh, it literally killed us to watch you because you know I would I would try to plan things and uh, to get you out of your bedroom, and mm-hmm. it was kind of like. Um, I'll catch you the next day, Dad. Okay, and I just kept thinking this this kid is in a ton of pain. But I want to tell you, as your dad, I, you know I'm super proud of you because um, going on a mission is hard, but coming home early and pulling yourself together is hard too. And putting it behind you and really getting out there and getting after life. You've made a name for yourself at a very young age in an industry that's pretty tough. Um, and you've been super successful, and as your dad, you know that you'll never find a person who uh, knows me that um, ever said a negative thing about you coming home early because because I agree with you. I think you needed to. Um, but I want to ask you one more thing, and that is, twenty-year-old Hayden, you, were you twenty when you got home? Nineteen. We left when we were 18. Oh, no, I I was older. I had just turned 19. So you're 19. Yeah. You're sitting. Ask a lot of kids this stuff just because I, I'm curious uh, what it would say. But you sitting on your bed. Your luggage is sitting there. You just came home. Um, you, you're done with, I don't know, a goal or kind of a, a chapter in your life that you planned on your whole life and you're sitting there and it's over and it's 20 months early um let's take the Hayden now how old are you again 22 22 if you could walk in that room sit on that bed with that kid for five minutes um I want you to say what would you say to him like not don't say tell him I love him. Just say what you'd say. You grab him and say, "Hayden, listen to me." I hit him around a little. I'd be like, "Let's like this is life now. Like let let's get after it." Like if I would have taken that mopey year out of my life, I feel like I would have been ten years ahead of all my buddies. Like I would have said, "Let's go," kind of you know. Like you're you gave it your all. Like what are you sad about? Like I had the perfect support system at home. Well, not perfect, but you guys were awesome. But um, I honestly kind of, I'd slap me around a little and say, "What are you sad about? Like you, you literally have the perfect chance. You have two years that most all your buddies don't have. You gave it your all. You get your girlfriend back." Um, I would honestly be like, "Why? Are, you need to be stoked. What's like ahead?" Because would you say anything to yourself about? That feeling you had about everybody's looking at you, everybody's wanting. I would have said, "Who the frick cares? Like, who cares?" That's the thing about sales. That's awesome. It's been so awesome for me. It got rid of all my self self consciousness. Oh, I still have some, a lot of it. But it's like, who? Like, I have to go make myself look like an idiot to a hundred people a day, and they're like, "Who the heck is that frizzy haired, sweating kid at my door trying to sell me bug spray?" <laughs> like, you know, like I'd be like. That was awesome. Like, get out. You were awesome. Who the frick cares that you came home? No one cares. Like, they'll think about you. It's probably more you think more eyes are on you than they really are. No one really cares. And if they do, they're losers. <laughs> if they're caring about you coming home from your mission, they are a loser. Worry about your own life, you know? I'd say go out, get get on with things, you know? Um that's why I, I think sales just changed, not even money-wise. It just made me way more confident, way more being being able to do what I want to do, you know. And I, and I went back to California. I sell every year in California, and I, every year I go there, I spent longer than my mission, mm-hmm. like double my mission. It's like I'm, I'm supposed to, I'm, there's no question I'm, when I'm here, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I never got that on my mission, and I'm selling bug spray, you know. 
Like, I'm literally, people are paying for me to spray their house of pesticides. But I can't think of a lamer title. And I feel like, I'm like, when I'm on the door sweating, I'm like, this is like, I love it. You know, I, a lot of missionaries are preaching the gospel. I sell bug spray. If you, you can do both, mm-hmm. you know. A lot of the, some of the best salesmen come home, they're missionaries. They did it, their home mission studs. Like, we have a couple of people in our company who are just studs because they were just workhorses on their mission. I didn't get that. I had to, like, learn it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really good at first, and then I just clicked. And But I'd honestly just say, who the hell cares? Get up, go freaking do shit. You know, like, go get up, do get your life going. No one's going to feel bad for you. Like... If I could take the time I spent in my room playing Fortnite and I went out one summer earlier, like, I started summer, I'd gotten to college. I mean, I tried to go to college. That was an epic fail. I think I failed all my... I did fail all my classes, and it ruined my credit because I didn't even know how to loan. But I failed every single class. At least I tried. Like, at least I tried to go to school. Like, that was the first step. Then I... I got to meet, like, my buddy, that group of friends who was awesome when I... They were like, dude, let's go sell. We went and sold. We're all super well off right now. Um, I'd honestly just say, get your ass up. No one gives a, No one cares about you as much as you think. No one's going to give you any handouts. you got to just go make something out of your life. Okay. You get two years. You get two years that most people don't have. Go kill it. When they get home, you're way more well off. You're a different dude. So are they. Uh, you could be a totally different dude too. I I came home. I'm all my buddies are like they said I had changed it. I was a lot nicer because I had a, I wasn't very nice in high school. Like they came home, I was a lot nicer. I'd just done a summer and I just bought a brand new nice car and it was awesome. They came home, they were changed. I would change. You can change in different ways. I I changed in a different way. I think they're both equally awesome, in my opinion. That's a very cool. That's a very cool take because. You know, I was expecting you to be gentle, and um, but I love that. You knock yourself around. Say, get up, quit feeling bad. For, that's, yeah, I, w- I would have slapped myself around. That, Literally, I would have been like, this is your chance, dude. And I think I did awesome. when I, I wish I could. I, I did have a year where I went hard, but the first year, I wish I could take it away from any kid who's came home from their mission. And I wish you could. I would have just started when I came home. Mm-hmm. That first year was really rough, and I wish I could get rid of it for pretty much. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't wish it on anyone, actually. You know, Hayden, I, I don't want to end this without saying this. You had an interesting life because uh, you've. I don't, and I don't know what it. The reason for it is you since you were. You had you have the one of. The most gifted leg I've ever seen in since you were a little kid in soccer. Obviously, you would rip a soccer ball, but you kicked a, what a sixty. What was it? A sixty-five yard field goal in eighth grade. In eighth grade, he kicked a, off a tee. Uh, f- now that is what five yards past the fifty. Yeah. Um, that is unheard of. Um, that is that is crazy world-class legs in in eighth grade and he practiced and practiced and practiced and really should have had a major career in kicking anywhere he wanted to because that gift and never got a chance to do it one time because he uh broke his hip while he was doing it and uh while he was practicing and so to have that taken away before you even got a shot at it. I mean, you're still a heck of a football player, but that that, that leg of yours was crazy. And then you, you've just gone through a lot of stuff that would have probably been easy to tap out and become a loser. And you gave it a shot for a few months um, at just giving up. But you've managed to pull yourself up, get rolling again, and uh, move on to the next thing without uh, feeling bad for yourself. And it's been impressive to watch. Uh, you've you've always been impressive that way, and you know especially I think today uh, this is a topic that most people would want to avoid talking about. I think that have gone through it with you or that have gone through it like you, they want to you know avoid it just because I don't know why. But it's super cool that you got on here and we're so candid about how you felt. And uh, do you have anything else you want to add to any of that? 
I want to end it with saying I don't discourage missions at all. I think they're awesome. I hate coming across that way. Like, I have had so many of my screwball friends at high school come back awesome. And missions, for most people, are awesome. And just for me, it just did not turn out that way. Like, I have nothing, no sour feelings toward, towards the church in any in any way. Um, the church does a lot of awesome things. Um, it's just for me, in my situation, it was not for me. Mm-hmm. And um, if you're a parent, just listen to um, someone who's been in your kid's shoes. Because you can't really ever feel how they felt. But missions are awesome for a lot of people. It's just and they're not cut out for some. I love it. Perfect way to end. Good job, Hayden. We appreciate it. And uh, we will catch you on the next episode of the podcast now. Thanks a lot.